0: Welcome to the fourth and final episode of the second half. I'm John Gilbert and I'm in conversation with Dr. Paul Sewell, OBE. Part four is titled, Let It Be. Paul and I discuss telling your story, added time, challenging the norm, giving your time and legacy. Whilst this episode is forward-looking, we start in the now, as I ask Paul how it feels to publish his autobiography. So many people will lead an interesting life. Some people leave a, a noble and interesting life and of those few of them will actually go and then put that into a book what reaction has the book had and has any of that reaction surprised you
1: yeah it has actually uh, a couple of people an author said it's a good book an author called alan johnson who encouraged me to write it he said this is a really good book paul but i didn't believe him and then another author who happened to be a PR guy who was a business editor who I engaged with 25 years ago a guy called Phil Askoff, read it and said Paul this is a really good book and I didn't believe him either but then when John Godber came last week and said this is a quite remarkable book how the hell did you do that, 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 that and I couldn't answer him uh, then the imposter syndrome went and I thought it must be half decent uh, but I think it's half decent in a context it's half decent in a, in a context of social history there's a lot of people in and around Hull, relatives, friends, associates, colleagues that I've lost contact with that have seen it, ordered a copy of the book, read it, and now want to recontact and re engage. And that's been absolutely wonderful. And you actually, you know, of all the tough stuff you go through, you don't remember that. This is one for the second half. You know, when you look back, you look back on uh, the unlikely things that you did that you quite chuffed about uh, certainly making people's lives better either people that come to work for you or customers that you solve problems for or the community that you're able to give back to uh, that's what you look at and I think that's a collection of it's a collection of stories that if some people can get some value out of it I'm really really chuffed
0: well I got a lot of value out of it when I originally approached you about having a conversation not knowing that you it's very that was very handy of you to do so, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, a, it's You a had a an question, instinct, didn't you? <laughs> question, maybe. Maybe. I w- I wouldn't know. Um, we've talked a little bit tongue-in-cheek before about the first half, the second half, and added time. Hmm. What does added time mean to you then, and what does that look like for you, and what does that look like for
1: the companies? Uh, added time for me... Is when I got to be the dumbest person in the boardroom, uh, I got to a point where I had such great people around me, unless I got out of their way uh, and moved into a much more advisory sort of role uh, and let them have their head to fulfil their potential in their career. Uh, otherwise, the business won't fulfil That's added time. I'm sort of, I've got out the way. I still think I've got stuff to give. I still sit in at board meetings. I still go for my one-to-ones. I still go for tours around the empire and get, ask people to get the kettle on and, and ask them what's happening. And uh, and, and over the years, uh, I think that's been a key to success. Go down to the grassroots and just listen to people. Uh, and uh, I only ever have two questions uh, after get the kettle on what's happening. Is uh, And those two questions are... Uh, what do you think because they expect me to be the boss that's come on the royal visit to uh, to have all the answers and i do they'll have more answers about the business than me and i just say how can i help sometimes i say i'm a fairy godfather here today if there's one thing i can go back and change to make your life better and easier do you know People are so, the stuff that comes up from the answer to that question is so small. <laughs> There's no big deals. But not we need a new technology platform or we need to, you know, it's all, do you know, I've got a little barrier here, it'd be lovely if I didn't have to do that. I could go straight to there. Most of them are really easy to affect. And they, they honestly John, they know more about the business than I do. So it
0: feels like moving into the added time, you've You've got to, as you say, get out of the way to let the business and the people grow to its full potential, whilst sticking to the values that you've you've set, but you've collectively set and agreed to. Yeah. So what's next? You're not somebody who's just going to put his feet up and go right. We've I've, I've done that. Now I'm just going to go and um, tend to the garden for the next twenty years. I, I,
1: I what? Uh, what sports should I'm not believe it or not, bothered about ever being rich. I'm obsessed on winning. My football life gave me this urge and thirst to win. So in business, I like to win and very often the rewards follow follow that. Well, I wanna keep on winning. I wanna see this business uh, reach its full potential and it's nowhere near that yet in this generation. I think it can go on and innovate and do absolutely great things. as a great local middle-stand business. I believe in middle-stand businesses. I think there's a way of helping and guiding that. I I want to make sure that I steward the values. Uh, I want to make sure it keeps personality, because as businesses grow and get more corporate and become more risk averse, as they have to do, uh, you can start to lose a bit of that personality and I'd regret that. So I want to stop on and steward all that. And then it's going back to basics. I've been uh, looking at creating Uh, uh, a company, a base company of my own called Half a Lettuce Investments Limited where I'll work with one or two entrepreneurs that I like and that's one thing about added time I can work with people I like rather than people I don't like people who share my values and very often when you're in the midst of a business career in in the second half or at the end of the first half you do have to sort of work with people that don't necessarily share those values I've got the luxury and privilege of being able to select some people that I want to work with, give me some fun, uh, get my juices flowing, get that spring in my step, help them, because I've done 70,000 hours rather than 10,000 hours. Uh, so, yeah, and that, and going back to basics, always, it's great when, when you, you know, when you see great footballers, you know, you know, be done by, it's Kenny Dalglish or Messi, they'll be down watching their kids on the pitch, playing at 10, 11 years of age, having a whale of a time. It's like a business sense of that. And one thing I know, because all the people I'm dealing with have their defeats and failures, one thing I always tell them, it doesn't feel like it, but it will pass. If you keep on doing the right thing, it will pass. And if you learn from it, uh, it will make you better and a better business person in the future. So what's invigorating about that then? What, what re-energises you? Uh, Dealing with people that deserve to succeed, dealing with people with the right values and, you know, I love personality. Uh, uh, I love, uh, I do love a little bit of naughtiness as well, which is probably contrary to, uh, you know, I I love the unlikely. I love succeeding in in, in an unlikely situation. Uh, So... uh, Does
0: the underdog element play to that at all as well? Yeah,
1: definitely. Definitely, I think uh, I think there is so much uh, unfulfilled and wasted talent in this country. Uh, you know, and, uh, uh, talent is spread equally amongst everybody in this country, but the opportunities are opportunities for the few. That's why you will reading the book we got involved with, Justin Greening, uh, when she was Education Secretary on this social mobility pledge thing. And uh, I'd like to think so. When I, when I see people who are direct and child at so now how they started off in life and their path that gives me a buzz because talents won out, attitude and good people won out, decent people uh, don't want a lot of sharks kicking around who are just self-serving and just want quick career victories and the next model of car up and, and whatever I, uh, I, I like to see decency win out and good guys when, when you're watching a film you always want a good guy to win don't you mostly, so yeah there's a bit of that I think Do you find there's there's too many people vying for your time, I mean I'm
0: very grateful that you've given me this time for us to to create this, which I'm personally finding really valuable, and I don't know what your aspiration for what I do with that is, whether that's anything or, and whether it's about paying it forward to other people but even as, coming up to the end of my first half, a significant amount of my time is spent helping people who've asked me for help and I wonder sometimes if it's to detriment because there's only so many hours in a week and it's, it's about doing it but I firmly believe if somebody asks for your help and they've got the right values as you say and you've got the opportunity to do that you should do it and you should do it to the point of what is physically possible to do but I have absolutely no idea what value that is creating I just feel like it is would you say you've got that almost intangible attitude to it or do you like Prefer to see it measured,
1: and you want to see the progress. No, no, exactly the same as you. Very instinctive, uh, and you know, sometimes if you do good things in life, good things happen. Sometimes I felt am I just doing a load of stuff here, uh, which is not productive. I could I could really be using this time better, uh, but but no, I I, if I look back. If you look at the journey in that book from a, a dusty old builder and a, a, a one pump. A petrol outlet to where the thing is now, this type of attitude has created that. So I would make an argument out that being nice and giving people your time is is a decent business strategy.
0: There are people who don't agree with that.
1: Many people. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And and, and they would be, uh, and I'm sure some of those people will work for me because they can't all be like me. Having privilege of being what you are in Eskimo Soup and what I'm in the Sewell Group does give you those what we said earlier on about choices in life isn't it I can choose to spend this next hour doing this some of the people that are working for you don't have that choice because they've got targets to hit and customers to serve so we can't have everybody lazy fair in the organisation uh, but maybe a reward for the hours you put in the risk you take are those choices at the end of the career as to where where you spend your time and and I've I've not seen I don't think I can look back and think there's many that's not given me some sort of return on the investment. If we talk about the internal drivers to success
0: and being told that you weren't good enough at 11 and having those setbacks, it feels to me, I hope you don't mind me, pop psychology in you. (laughs) You've proven that now. And now the added time is about trying to take... All of that learning and and the the privilege of the position that you're in at the moment, as you say, to be able to choose where to put those energy. But it's not about you. You aren't trying to prove anything that Paul Till can do there. This is just about trying to unleash that in in others. Is that?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. St- never had it put like that, John. But I think yeah, that's probably not a bad synopsis. But it's not the
0: kind of thing, it's kind of thing you wouldn't say yourself because it sounds a bit too grandiose. But surely that's what it is. It, to me, that's what I've, I've read it there. I've, I've, I've listened to it not just in these sessions. In, in meetings, in presentations and so on it now seems to be quite quite a noble way to be spending your, your added time because it's about you will you do benefit from it because seeing somebody doing well and, and feeling like maybe you've had some part to play in that is on a subconscious level is, is a is a benefit. But really now you want to just make sure that the the good guys come out on top.
1: Yeah. I think there's to be very twee about something about social justice, isn't there? There's something about That I've learnt from my wife's cause of rescuing animals and making their lives better. Uh, That's taught me a lot about you know really key basic values and the purpose of a of a business and uh, and and when you create that wholesome thing, it improves your brand, uh, improves your goodwill. Uh, Once you've got a good brand and a a large amount of goodwill, when you cock up, people tend to give you a break. And when there's a choice, a marginal choice between choosing your business and somebody else's, you're more likely to get the nod. So there is a business bottom line effect to it all. And now when, when we're talking about winning the war for talent and we have a set of young people who decided where to put their talent for a period of their career, they are going to make those choices on different criteria than ever before i think money was number four i think on the last league table i saw and whereas in my generation when i was their age it was number one because i had a mortgage to pay and a family to bring up but now people want to know that they share the values of the business they're going to it does a bit of good certainly doesn't do anything nasty to the environment to people etc so yeah i think i think i think those values have shifted and an emotionally attractive brand is uh, probably becoming a bit of a must in the 21st century It was probably a competitive advantage in the 20th century I think it's probably a bit of a must now
0: and what are you looking forward to?
1: what am I looking forward to? Uh, winning still a lot more times here and there uh, seeing good guys win uh, good people win seeing uh, seeing social mobility seeing people who didn't have those initial advantages rise into great positions seeing females you know it's it's in it, you know in the in the war for talent females uh, in the 20th century it was, a, it was a scandal of of the undervaluation of of, of, of female talent uh, I don't think that is as much in the 21st century uh, but you know looking at the last few people we've Promoted to directors and shareholders in the Soul Group, you know, three out of the four of them were female. Which uh, and and they got on talent, not because they were female; they just happened to be the most talented people we had. Uh, but that's got to be that's got to be great, you know. To you know, I, I grew up in boardrooms of middle-aged men, you know, and how can that be a reflection of your customer base? So, or your workforce. So when the Sewell Group now see a diversity on the board, not a forced diversity, a quarter diversity, but diversity coming through living some values, it's got to feel a good place to be because you know the business is being steered by a diverse group of people. So yeah, more of the same of that, I think. Uh, But then going back to grassroots and uh, and, uh, starting again with one or two people that we can have some fun with.
0: I've got a really, that was a very really brilliant way to end this. <laughs> so, but have you got anything else to say? Uh, <laughs> I can only I did, that, I did it that way, but that's, uh, I'm, I'm
1: listening and thinking,
0: ah, right, okay. whatever you're saying, that's a really nice, that's a really good closing little speech. This, this so. is a bit
1: that you might add into the middle. You know, when you said thinking about the next phase, uh, I did have, I, I, I put something down there called decision making. And then I start to think about decision making and, and then I like a synopsis of, 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 of what you need to do in the next phase. So uh, one thing that does really interest me, particularly in this crisis we've got, is the decisions people make, because I think they're pretty pivotal at a national government level, aren't they? Uh, they'll be career defining, uh, there will be, in our careers, in our businesses. So uh, decision-making, both big ones and small ones, uh, uh, is what's going to define us. Uh, I, I, Whenever whenever I came up with a challenge, I think this is in the book, I sort of created this little process uh, of, 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 of the way I dealt with it. And the, and the first thing, when you get the challenge, the issue, whatever comes up, is you never panic, you always get as cool as you possibly can because when you're a leader, panic just spreads and if people see the leader not cool, they think there's a reason to panic. Uh, And then you will not be looking at the facts of the matter, you will not be looking at the truth when it first hits, you've got to find the truth, gather the full information around the thing to make sure you're dealing with the truth rather than something else. Uh, Then I think you talk it through with people either your own team or outside and, you know, that's the decision, making it lonely. steer away from that, talk through it. Uh, and then never, never back one horse, always create two or three scenarios, a plan A, a plan B, a plan B, a plan C. And if plan A starts to falter, you don't have to start again. You just click to plan B because you've already thought it through. Uh, and then you look at timing and implementation because once you've made decisions, Uh, you've realised they've got to be implemented in some way, and that's sometimes to do with timing. Sometimes you've got to wait, because that's the time. Sometimes you've got to act immediately. So I think decision-making... And I read a book many, many years ago by a guy called Edward De Bono, who did uh, lateral thinking. He wrote a book called Lateral Thinking. This book was called, I think, Six Thinking Hats. Mm. And I've always... uh, uh, remembered this because he said when you're making a decision uh, make sure you've got all these hats and you wear one of those hats when you're thinking about this decision so you've got the yellow hat that's all optimistic and you know not, this is going to be great and and then you put the blue hat on where you get very analytical and cool about it then you put the green hat on which you look at the upshot of on people's lives of this. then you put the black hat on which you look at the downside and once you know you've won all those hats you're much more likely to go and make uh, a decent decision but going forward I think stick to your values know what you're great at and stick to that Nurture relationships, uh, we used to call it networking, what a horrible term that is. They are a set of relationships uh, that are gonna be important and nurture those, drop the ones that you don't need, the counterproductive, nurture the ones, create the new ones, but managing the relationships in your life, I think is key going forward. Uh, there's passion, uh, passion imbued in the leadership, I think. Uh, to me, if I look at a leader that's not passionate, i don't i don't particularly want to follow them i don't they don't particularly float my boat uh, look at balancing all things we've talked about balance earlier on haven't we you know it's pointless rushing off looking at the soul compass rushing off looking at the profitability then piss your customers off uh looking at the uh lo- looking at giving back and your performance suffers all those things have got to be balanced the hardware of your business the software of your business you profit mechanics and, 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 and practitioners and leaders, look at the balance of the whole thing. Uh, and at the end of the day, things are going to go radically wrong. And that's where uh, the, the resilience comes in. You've got to expect bad, bad days in the second half. You've had enough bad days in the first half, John. You know, you will get them in the second half, but you'll have gathered your 20,000 hours that they've gathered to know that they will pass if you do the right thing, uh, that the, you need to get up, get yourself up and dust yourself down because the people that do that end up winning rather than going into the duvet. And uh, and at the end, do the right thing by people because people do business with people. People are generally your customers. People are generally people working for you. Your advisors and the people that help you run the business are people. And if you tend to look at doing the right thing uh, by people. And finally, um, because we've spoken about this before, let your kids get their own scars. Uh, I think successful business people uh, sometimes don't produce successful offspring because they don't let the kids get their own scars. The scars that you've got, you think being a good parent is protecting your kids and not, not letting them get the start. Sometimes good parenting is knowing they're going to fall off that bike and letting them because that's the easiest way to make sure they don't fall off again. The same happens in other areas of development. And when you have the ability and you'll have, got, you'll have choices later on uh, in your second half, uh, you'll probably have financial choices, but also the choice in which way you spend your time, uh, the way you make those choices uh, shouldn't be, in my opinion, necessarily making your kids' life easier. Uh, you've got to let, let them get their own scars because otherwise they won't follow you. And one of the greatest things in business is when you're in a business and, and people choose to be in that same business. You know, And I'm not talking about family, I'm talking about work family. People who come and give up the talent to Eskimo Soup or the Soul Group because that's the type of place they want to spend their career uh, that's that's really fulfilling. All that stuff, I think.
0: No, that was a better way of ending it. <laughs> Choose your ending. No, with a bit of an We've made it. That brings us to the end of episode four and draws to a close our series, the second half. If you've been with us for the whole journey I hope you're bloody well and I really value you sticking with us and I hope that you've found many of the lessons shared by our leader Paul Sewell to be as valuable as I have. Copies of Paul's book Half a Lettuce are available upon request. Just Google Paul Sewell Half a Lettuce and you'll find out more details on how to obtain a copy. This has been a socially good media production by Eskimosu. Google us or follow us on your choice of media to find out more. On Twitter, Paul is at Paul E. Sewell, and I'm at John Sue. If you've enjoyed the podcast series and I sincerely hope that you have, please tell someone. Share online, rate and review on Twitter or wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, whatever stage you're at in your career, I wish you well and I urge you to do it your way. I've been John Gilbert. Thank you
1: for listening.